Hi, I'm Jane Velez Mitchell, New York Times bestselling author and TV journalist. And this is Unchained TV's Voice America podcast. For the next hour, you will hear the solution to most of the problems that plague our world. And it's a solution mainstream media ignores, even though it only requires us to make one simple change. Want to know what it is and transform your life? Let's get started. I am so honored today to have a real hero of mine and a friend of mine and a young lady who just, she blows me away with everything she is accomplishing day and night, 24-7, 365, Genesis Butler in the house. Um, I've known you since you were a little kid. That makes me sound kind of old, but now you're what, 15? Mm -hmm, 15. Wow. And you are a leader. You are a climate leader. You are a leader in the animal rights world. You are a leader in the vegan world. You just spoke at the Animal and Vegan Advocacy Summit in the nation's capital. Uh, Tell me, Genesis, wow, what's it like to live your life day in and day out. How busy are you? What are the projects? What was it like speaking at the summit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really fun speaking at the summit. I've been super busy lately. Um, <clears throat> now that I'm homeschooled, I've been even more busy since I can do more stuff online now since I'm not in school. But um, speaking at the summit, it was really amazing because that's how I started off with my activism because I became a climate activist after I started from the vegan movement and the animal rights movement. So it was really Great to be around my own people again, because I haven't been in that space for a little bit since I've been focusing on the climate. So um, it was just amazing because they are so receptive. And um, since they're already vegan like me, it's so much easier for my talk. So, yeah. (laughs) Well, you know what? We've got a caller already. Wow. This is a first. One of the first callers. uh, We've just gotten started. We've got Susan from Animal Hero Kids on. Susan, what is your question or thought for Genesis Butler? I I had to call in. The last time I saw Genesis was at the Animal Hero Kids Summit. And the first time I ever met her was giving her the Young Paul, Young Veg Advocate Award that Paul McCartney has given us approval to use his name for. And I think you were in grade one then, Genesis. And my question is, I know that you're not it, that you're not in an actual school anymore, but I'm sure that you have really good advice for all of the kids and teens out there who may get teased for being vegan. So if you could just answer that question for me, how you handle it. Susan, that's a brilliant question. Take it away. Mm-hmm. Um, so the way that I handle that, since I was in school, I've tried like every single type of schooling. Well, probably most of them now. Um, but now I'm homeschooled because that's always been the best for me. But I still do be around kids. And when I first went vegan, um, <clears throat> was when I would really like people would start to say stuff about me, um, like, oh, I love bacon or kind of those comments like that. But when you know what you're doing is right, that is something that really kept me with, um, with staying vegan and not caring what they think because I knew what I was doing was right and that it's really important to educate them because maybe they're saying these comments because they don't know, but just to stay strong and know what you're doing is right. Did you react in any way? Uh, Were your feelings hurt? Like, I think knowing how to react, sometimes when people say that, I get sort of frozen and then later I think, well, I should have said X, Y, (laughs) Z. What do you do? Yeah. Um, well, first I would give a reaction because the first time that this comment happened was when I was six. So it's been happening for a while. It's not as like common to happen anymore, but when it would happen, um, at first I would react, but I found that it's better just to give no reaction because then like they'll stop because then they feel like, oh, well, they're not even going to react to me because they're saying it to get a reaction out of you. So if you don't give them what they want, then they'll stop. Wow. I think that's excellent advice. I'm going to take it. Um, <laughs> we've got another caller, Stacy in San Diego. Your question or thought for Genesis Butler, who, by the way, is one of the youngest TEDx talkers anywhere. And uh, there's so many accomplishments. We're going to get to them in a second, including trying to talk to the Pope. We'll see how far she got. Go ahead, Stacy. 
Hi, Genesis. I'm really excited to talk to you. I actually do have a question about the TEDx um, thing. In terms of my question for you is actually in three parts. Number one, what made you decide to go and do a TEDx talk? Number two, how did you find out how to do a TEDx talk? And number three, the process of getting accepted. How did you know how to do all the forms? I mean, was there somebody helping you and guiding you into doing a TEDx talk? And then I guess the last question is, how did it change your life? Thank you. Wow, Stacy. Okay. Wow, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go, that's good. It's good. Genesis. Yeah, so um, the way that I became, like, to start doing this TEDx talk, well, I watched one when I was six. I started getting into TED Talks, and I told my mom, I was like, hmm, someday I want to do a TED Talk. And she's like, oh, like, that's that's cool. Like, when when do you want to? I'm like, someday. And then um, a couple of days after, we got a message from one of her friends saying that we should apply for the TEDx talk that was at, um, it was near me at a college. So we applied. Um, and my mom did the application for me. Um, she really helped me with that. Um, so then I, my mom did the application and then I figured out what I wanted to do my speech on once they accepted me. Um, I did that first and they did like some classes for like preparing for your speech and meeting the speakers that are going to be speaking with you. Um, so we did like two or three classes like that. And then um, we did a rehearsal and then we went on stage um, and gave the TED talk. But so the application process, um, my mom did that. So I don't know how difficult that it was, but she did it pretty quickly. So I don't think it was too difficult. Um, but yeah, it was really amazing. The TEDx talk did really change my life, actually, because that's how I got my name more out there. Um, and then I started getting more media from that to get the message up more. So I thought it was really amazing because <clears throat> picking my TEDx talk, there were so many topics that I could have done it on. But I saw there were already a lot about animal rights. So I wanted to do one about the climate because it wasn't being talked about. So, yeah, it did really change my life and it really got me more into the media. Um, which was amazing. I would like to know how you do all this stuff. I mean, were you terrified when you gave a TEDx talk? How did you research it? Genesis, what strikes me most of all is that you make it look so easy. What is your prep behind doing all this? Mm -hmm. um, my prep behind all of this, well, that was like my first big speech because I would do speeches but it wasn't as big there was like 500 people in the audience so it was a lot of people um and my prep before I do any of these speeches I'll do a lot of self-care and like go to the beach hang out with my friends and I had to learn that really quickly because before I gave my TEDx talk um the lady that was prepping us told us well don't read your speech before you give your talk and that's what I did. I read it like right before I gave my talk and I messed up. She's like, don't do it because if you mess up, you're going to like get in your head and not want to do it anymore. And little me thought, well, let me do it one more time. And I messed up and I like totally freaked out. And I was telling my mom, it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. Like I'm scared. And then I was like, take me to the beach. And it was like really <laughs> quick before my TED talk. So she took me to the beach and I just like went near the water. I touched the water really quick. And then that really like rejuvenated me to give my talk. So that's how I got the power to go up there and give that talk. So um, yeah, self-care is something that I really practice with because if you don't then it like really messes up like with like my speeches or it makes me not as motivated to do them but if I'm like motivated myself and doing self-care it's really helped my gosh that is absolutely extraordinary now you went vegan at the age of six uh and then you became this leader I really found out about your story around the time that I was asked to talk to you about interviewing techniques because you were going to go to Europe to try to get the Pope to go vegan for Lent. And I thought, well, you're going to be an amazing reporter. You picked everything up so quickly. What happened with that trip and your attempts to get uh, the Pope uh, who um, has expressed in writings his love for animals and his belief that people should be kind to animals how was 
How did that play out when you tried to get him to go vegan for Lent? Um, it went really well when I was trying to get him to go vegan. Um, we traveled a lot and we actually made it into the Vatican. Um, we got a message to my Instagram account saying that if we called this number, it would be a number to one of the high priests in the Vatican. So we called it. And at first, like, we didn't know if it was like a prank or if it was real. We called the number and it was actually real and it was the high priest number. Um, and we talked to him. We had somebody with us that could speak his language. So she talked to him on the phone. Um, and then he said, yeah, well, you can come in tomorrow and we'll let you in the Vatican. So we went and we went and we talked to him. But before we went to the, to the Vatican, we were going to go see the the Pope's speech um, because he was doing a speaking um, and it was open for the public. So we went because we thought, well, if we can't get to him through the Vatican, that was before we got the call. We thought um, we can get to him through seeing the speech. So we went and then um, I was going to talk to him, but and we were I was right there. But his guards kind of pushed him the other way. Like if they knew really. Yeah. Really? So that's why I wasn't able to talk to him when I saw him. But that close and then that's when after that we got the call so then um she called him and then he answered and he told like yeah you can come in so then we went and then we met him and he blessed me and my mom and he gave us rosaries and he said that he would pass our letter on to the pope so we were like oh well this is like amazing we were so happy um and then once I got back home, we were in Rome, then I got a letter back from the Pope's team, and the letter said that he's very happy with my activism, and that he is very inspired by me, and he supports me, and then he never answered if he was going vegan for Lent or not, but it was still, the whole campaign was still a very big success, and we donated some of the money to Chili's on Wheels, which is an amazing um, organization that is in Puerto Rico, and they help out after like the hurricane, they were passing out food to people and they give away vegan food, which is really important. So we went there and we met them and gave them the money. Um, and a lot of people did go vegan for a Lent and they ended up sticking with it. So it was still a very big success at the end. Yes. And I heard reports. I don't know, but I heard reports that the Pope decided instead to give up gossip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are we gossiping about you right now? I mean, save an animal's life. Give up gossip for Lent. All right. We've got another caller on hold for you, Ellen in Pittsburgh. Your question or thought for Genesis Butler, animal hero kid, Marvel hero kid, and climate leader. Hi, can you hear me? Yep. Okay, awesome. Hi, Genesis. Uh, you know, I'm your biggest fan. I just love everything that you do. You're such a prolific leader, uh, not just for the youth, but for all of us, uh, adults too. I'm so incredibly inspired by your work. And, um, you know, I think it's absolutely incredible everything that you've done, uh, you know, since you're very, very tiny uh, till now. So it's wonderful watching you grow up. Um, but uh, my question for you is um, especially being who you are, being as busy as you are, uh, doing all of these, you know, different speaking events and traveling and, you know, doing all this work to try to save our future on this planet. Um, what do you do for fun? Like, what's your favorite thing to do for fun? Are you doing anything fun for Halloween today with your brothers and sisters? Um, yeah, I want to know, like, what do you do to decompress and have fun? Great question. Go ahead, Genesis. Yeah. Um, so what I do to have fun, I'll hang out with my friends a lot. I'll, um, like on like the weekends I normally do because in like the weekdays I'm normally busy. All um, my mom and me have passed to, to Disneyland. So we're always at Disneyland. Like my friends are like, you're there again. Like I love it there. It's so much fun. <laughs> so me and my mom, my little sister will always go to Disneyland or, um, all I really like to be in my room and like clean and water my plants and get more plants. I love plants, so I have them all over my room. Um, and another thing that I do to have fun, um, I'll hang out with my sister and we go for walks a lot because we're really close to like a town center. Um, 
and then we'll go there and walk around. We'll go out to lunch. So, yeah, I do have fun a lot um, normally whenever I'm not busy because there is a lot of times where I am free sometimes. Like, I'll have, like, gaps and I separate it like that so that I won't always be working. But, yeah, I'll have a lot of fun with my sister normally because we're always together. And I've been to Disneyland myself. And they do have vegan options there. Tell us about that. Yeah, they have so many vegan options now. It's amazing. We can, like, get vegan options everywhere now, which is really amazing. Um, They have, like, vegan pasta dishes with vegan cheeses and meats. And there's, like, a breakfast bowl with vegan sausage and egg and cheese and peppers. Like, it's really amazing. Wow. Uh, You are just a natural, the way you handle all this. I am so impressed. Okay, we've got two more callers, uh, Paige, and you know Paige. Paige is uh, uh, one of our people here at Unchained TV. Paige, your question. Yes, I love being the communications director. We are rocking this. My gosh, Genesis, I remember meeting you, bringing you a metal straw. How great is this? (laughs) Genesis, you met one of my idols in the climate movement, Billie Eilish. What was that like for you? <laughs> Tell us what it was like meeting this rock star who I've adored from afar and just posted a bunch. And you got to meet her, be with her, and tell us about that experience over the years. And Billie Eilish is vegan. Take it away, Genesis. Yeah, it was really amazing meeting her because, like, I really look up to her um, and I'm a very big fan of hers. So when I met her, um, I, like, couldn't focus. Like, (laughs) I had to keep on asking my mom, like, what did she say to me and what just happened? Because I, like, I feel like I, like, blanked out for, like, a couple of seconds because I came on asking my mom. I'm like, did she hug me? Like, did we take a picture? Like, what happened? I, like, really, like, blanked out. My mom's like, oh, my God, I don't even know what happened either. And she kept on telling me, like, what our conversation was like. But she's so nice. And she's very just, like, you can tell how genuine that she is. And she's... Just amazing. It was really nice meeting her. Yeah, and she is a vegan. Her mother is a vegan, Maggie Baird, who started Support and Feed, which we featured on our vegan cooking show, New Day, New Chef, where she raises money, gives it to vegan restaurants, and then they make food and give it to folks in need. It's a win, win, win. Um, I love Billie Eilish and Maggie Baird. All right, we got another caller, Sarah in Beverly Hills. Your question for Genesis Butler. Hi, Genesis. How are you? Great to see you on the show. I wanted to ask you, uh, the holiday that's coming up, Thanksgiving is coming up, and I wanted to see if you would give um, the listeners maybe one tip that you maybe learned um, for Thanksgiving and maybe give us some advice about, you know, people that want to eat turkey, maybe give us an alternative. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so for Thanksgiving, normally me and my family, we've been making our own um, dishes and we love it that way because um, eating the turkey, like we're around turkey all the time. So it's really like it's a sad holiday for us because we see how happy that the, the that these turkeys are and how they have personalities. My mom loves turkey, so it's very sad, especially when you've been around them before. But there are so many alternatives for turkey now that are so much better um, than before. Because when I first went vegan, there wasn't like that many vegan turkey options but now um gardein has some that are like the little mini ones and they're already stuffed with stuffing in them those ones are really good um and i know that trader joe's has some until Fergie does so those ones are all really good options but i would say um if you're going somewhere for thanksgiving i would bring at least one option for you to have because you never know if they're going to have a vegan option or not yes excellent advice and those Turkey alternatives have gotten more and more sophisticated. They're Mm -hmm. absolutely delicious and they come with gravy. And of course, a lot of the uh, vegetables that are also traditional are already vegan, right? Mm -hmm. So you have, and your pumpkin pie can be vegan. Um, We've got Joe in Virginia. Your question or thought for Genesis Butler, Animal Hero Kid. Hey, uh, thank you so much for taking my call. Um, A happy, happy vegan Halloween and happy World Vegan Day tomorrow. Uh, my question is, uh, we have a COP, COP27 coming up, uh, and sadly, 
in the last uh, convergence of, uh, of parties, they were serving animal slaughter products. So how can we motivate the COP27 leaders meeting in Egypt to go, go vegan, go plant-based, and put that compassion into action by dramatically lowering down their carbon footprint? And also, uh, since tomorrow is World Vegan Day, any special programs going on to celebrate compassion for the animals and stopping the animal slaughter? Thank you. Thank you so much, Joe. Uh, Ant, go ahead. Take it away, Genesis. Um, so for COP27, I think um, I'm not going to be at this one this year because it's very far. My mom would have to go with me. But I know that there are a bunch of youth who are going who are vegan. So hopefully they can go um, and motivate them because they do talk about being vegan. So we'll show them like why it's so important not to be serving animal products. So there is a lot of youth that are my friends that are going and they are vegan. So I'm pretty sure that they will talk about it. And they've told me that they will be talking about it. Um, and with World Vegan Day, um, for tomorrow, I think, well, with Youth Climate Save, we, like, we'll post about World Vegan Day, um, and talk about it. So that's some stuff that we're going to be doing with Youth, youth Climate Save. Um, and for me and my family on, like, vegan holidays, we just eat a lot of vegan food to celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. You know, I, I don't think we've ever gotten this many callers Gwenna in Los Angeles, your question or thought for Genesis Butler, animal hero kid, vegan activist, climate safe leader. Hey, Genesis. Hey, Jane. Hi. <laughs> um, Hi, kind of a fun, weird question. So as quickly as I think, you know, some people say it's probably not evolving quick enough, but I think the animal rights movement is evolving very rapidly considering how it was when I first joined. So let's say the animals in your lifetime and my lifetime get liberated, the planet becomes more balanced and climate friendly. What would you do with yourself after that point? If there's no one to rescue, no one to save, what would you do? Wow. Great question. Um, I think what I would do, well, I would want to spend time with animals once they're all free because there's so many of them. And I love being at sanctuaries. Um, I actually got asked this question at the animal rights conference and my answer was that I would want to rest a lot because I love to sleep and I would want to buy a lot of crystals because that's what I love. I would want to have them all over my room. Um, yeah, but I would say just like resting because I really like to sleep and yeah, if I had nothing to do, that's probably what I would be doing would be resting, watching TV, um, eating ramen. That's my favorite food to eat and buying crystals. <laughs> I love it. And it sounds like you work very hard because the first thing you would do is rest. And I could see that. In fact, uh, you were on a meeting with one of the biggest uh, companies in the world when I called you away to join this live. I won't mention the name of the company, but literally one of the top companies in the world that she was on a uh, meeting with them and left them to join us. All right. We've got Evan in Florida. And I think this is the one and only vegan Evan, your buddy, another youngster who was an animal hero kid. Take it away, Evan. All right. Hello, Jade. Hi, Genesis. Hi. So I was just wondering, what is your favorite form of activism or what's like your favorite activism that you've ever done? Great question. Um, my favorite form of activism, I really like public speaking. I found like that one was um, one that was really easy that you can talk to a lot of people at one time. Um, and that's something that I've been like getting more and more comfortable with since I've been doing it for so long. Um, so just being able to get the message out there by doing one speech and also, um, yeah, I'll say like that one's been like the one that I've been focusing on because I do do a lot of public speaking events, but also going to events. Um, I've been getting more invited to like climate events. Um, so speaking at those and telling people why it's so imp important to be vegan um, is something that I found is really important because um now vegan activists are being able to go to these events where there's more influencers and people in power. So just to educate them by like yourself going there and speaking to them, I found is really powerful and important. Wow. We've got Simone in Los Angeles. Your question of thought for Genesis Butler, one of the youngest TEDx talkers ever, plus a Marvel superhero. We're going to get to that too. How are you guys? Great. Um, I'm sorry if you, <laughs> I'm coming in a little late, so I hope you haven't talked about this yet. Have you talked much about TEDx? 
Yeah. Uh, well, you know, she's explained the TEDx thing. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, all right. So then, yeah, I was just going to say, I loved, I loved your TEDx speech and it was definitely something that, you know, if, if anybody asked me what was the, one of the hardest things I've ever done, it was the TEDx. You did it too, Jane. The fact that there's no notes and you, you know, you can't show the pictures that you want to show. It was just, yeah. So that was, it was, it was a challenge. I don't know that I would ever do it again. I'm happy that I did it, but you know, never say never. I guess a better question then would be, you know, we've been hearing, I think one of the biggest climate uh, change warriors is Jane Fonda. I mean, she's literally like, here she is, she was battling cancer and yet she's back out there doing her fire drill Fridays and she's all over the internet. Why do you think it is that she just won't talk about veganism as being a huge, huge way that we could combat the climate crisis? Because I'm baffled myself. I just want to hear you guys and what you think the reason is. Great question. Go for it. Genesis. I think maybe because, um, so when you're talking about veganism, like some people don't want to hear it. So you're not invited to more of like those spaces. Um, and people like when they meet you, cause I noticed this with like myself and being in the climate world. Um, when you're talking about it, like sometimes people don't want to invite you cause they don't know what you're going to say or, um, yeah, like when they meet you, like they think like you're going to be somebody who's like, you have to go vegan now. Like, but if like, I think that's probably why, because I noticed that there's a lot of climate activists who are vegan, but don't say that they are um, because you're not invited to as many spaces. And just because when it's talked about, like it makes people sometimes feel uncomfortable because they're not vegan. Um, so I'm pretty sure that's why. Um, I, yes, I've actually been at those fire drill Fridays. And at one point she was talking about fossil fuels and she paused and I said, and animal agriculture. And she said, you be quiet. So I think this is a problem with um, the quote unquote environmental community. You know, if you leave a big piece of the puzzle out, you're not going to solve the problem. And they're leaving a big piece of the puzzle out, animal agriculture. We know at COP26, they served ham sandwiches. Unchained TV was one of the, I believe we were the only reporters to go into the cafeteria and videotape the food. And they had climate price tags on their uh, items. The Washington Post wrote an article. It said, wait a second, since the ham sandwich climate price tag is so much higher than the tofu salad or words to that effect, why did you even serve it in the first place? So they know, but I think that this is sort of the last, the last frontier. In other words, um, I liken it to an addiction uh, addiction, the definition of it is you don't really have a choice. You are basically uh, at the mercy of this craving. And the way, the dichotomy is the only way to gain your power back is to stay away from it, right? So it's hard for people to try to negotiate with this substance because it's in fast food, it's in desserts, it's everywhere. And so it's one of the hardest things, but then it's totally easy. It's all up here in your head. Just make that switch and realize I don't need to do it. Not, I'm not going to have it. I don't need to do it. And all the vegan food is so delicious. So we'll get there with these people. Um, we're going to take a short break here on Voice America Radio. We're going to stay live on Facebook. We're going to be back in a second with more of Genesis Butler. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. 
Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We get Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. Welcome back to Unchained TV on Voice America Radio. I'm Jane Velez Mitchell, and you are now re entering a portal to a transformative way of living. And we are here with 15-year-old Genesis Butler. She is a climate leader. She is also a Marvel hero. There is a cartoon based on Genesis. uh, And you also have a very strong connection to Cesar Chavez. Tell us about that connection and how it it really was formative for you. Um, Well, Cesar Chavez, he is my great-great-uncle in the way that he really inspired me to continue with my activism was when I first became an activist, I was six. So I started going to protest and they would tell me, well, we're going to call the police on you. And this was when I was at Whole Foods. I was at a bunny meat protest. Um, and then that's when they came out like, if you don't leave, we're going to call the police on you. But we were on public property, which at the time I was only six. So I didn't know that. And I was really scared. Like I was thinking we're going to get arrested. Um, so then after that, my mom showed me this the Cesar Chavez documentary that came out and it showed how really fearless that he was. Um, And it also showed how they would always tell him, oh, well, we're going to call the police on you if you don't go. But he knew what he was doing was right and he stayed. Um, So that was something that really inspired me to continue with my activism and made me more fearless and helped me speak more with confidence, actually, because I saw how when he spoke, he was so confident in what he believed in and he really inspired others. So I thought this is something that I really had to stick with. Um, So it was really amazing. And then also, I became a Marvel superhero, um, and that was something that was also very amazing for me to do because I, when I first went vegan, the, there was no vegan superheroes out there, and I wish that I would have been able to see somebody who's vegan and that their message is being talked about and that people are listening. So it was something that was so amazing to see that I'm being put more out in the mainstream because we need this and we need to see more vegan faces out that are talking about this so that we can get the message out more. <laughs> Wow. I'm just beyond impressed. Almost speechless. We've got a caller, Emic in Los Angeles. Your question or thought for Genesis Butler, one of the youngest TEDx speakers ever, Marvel superhero. Go for it. Hi, Genesis. I really love you. And you set an amazing precedent for the superheroes to go vegan because they have to protect the animals. They are the most innocent beings in this world. And I've seen um, vegan kids taking over the scene, being really brave. I was wondering what you would say to the adults who are scared of going vegan or making a simple change in their lives to be more compassionate. What would you tell them? Thank you. Thanks, Jane. Thank you, Emic. 
Yeah, um, what I would say, well, first I say to start off with small changes if you can't go fully vegan, because I, um, being an activist for so long, I realized that motion is better than no motion. So by first, you can start off by swapping out your milk and then your butter and your eggs, because now there's vegan versions. There's oat milk, soy milk, almond milk, hemp milk. There's so many milks that you can choose from. And with the cheeses, there's also so many vegan cheeses. There's Daya, there's Miyoko's. There's so many brands that are out there now. Um, And then also for like the butter, there's like um, Smart Balance and Miyoko's butter. So those are some really good alternatives. So I would start off with that. And then once you start off by switching and making those changes, then you'll realize that it's more easy than you thought. And then you can swap out your meats and everything in your whole fridge. So I realized that. And that's what a lot of my friends did. And then they ended up going vegan after that because then they realized, well, this is a lot easier than I thought. So I would start off by making those changes if you can't go all in, because then it will show you how um, much easier that it is than you thought. And tell us about your role in the climate save movement. Yeah, so I started focusing on the climate after a million dollar vegan because I realized like I can't do anything on a dead planet and animal rights and animal agriculture is linked with the climate change because I'm still speaking up for the animals because I'm talking about animal agriculture and it's linked to the climate change. So I realized how it was all connected. So, um, yeah, I've been doing speeches in the climate um, movement now. I spoke to world leaders. Um, in Milan and I went to a food summit and demanded that there's more that they're focusing on a more plant-based food system because our world leaders have said like promises and they don't um, continue with them so I realized it was very important to hold them accountable and to talk about this so I've been really focusing on the climate movement and getting more people to go vegan because there's a lot of climate activists who talk about the climate but then leave out animal agriculture and it's linked to the climate change. So what is the reaction of these officials and these so-called brilliant minds that are really failing at solving the climate crisis and often refuse to acknowledge animal agriculture's role, not only in climate change, but related issues like deforestation, habitat destruction, wildlife extinction, human world hunger, human disease, pandemics, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, um, when I talked about animal agriculture, they, like their faces, it seemed like they were very quiet and um, which I really like when I give speeches and people are more quiet and aren't like as like receptive to it because those are the people that need to hear it. So um, like when I was speaking there, my dad texted my mom and was like, oh, people didn't clap for Genesis because we were all on stage and it was the group of youth that were there. Um, And we all spoke about whatever topic we were there for. And I talked about animal agriculture. And then I don't remember who it was, but it was one of like a big world leader. And they tweeted, um... Genesis Butler's message was like basically trying to say like nobody clapped for me because my message shouldn't be heard and then I was very happy that that was actually tweeted because that means that they needed to hear that the most so um people that aren't really receptive I would say that there were some that were receptive to hearing about it um but I realized that once you talk about it and get it out there, it's like planting a seed in their head if they haven't heard about this or if it's not talked about. So I realized that it's so important to get into these spaces where not everybody is going to be super happy to hear about what you're talking about because those are the people that need it the most. But it's the science, the science. We can, cli- we can quibble about the percentages because a lot of people quibble, well, is it a leading cause? Is it the leading cause? There's various reports, but we know everybody acknowledges it's a big factor. It's a huge factor in climate change, in methane, in the destruction of of the rainforest, of the Amazon rainforest is being destroyed, 70% of it for cattle grazing. And who's eating that cattle? American consumers to a large extent. And yet they don't make the connection. So I think it's also a generational issue. Do you find kids your age are much more receptive or not? 
Yes, I found that kids are way more receptive. Actually, I've been I spoke um twice at the at the boys and girls club um with support and feed because they have a um a lab there where they grow fresh vegetables and fruits and like herbs um and it's all out of water so they don't use any soil which was something that was really amazing and I spoke there and I realized that all the kids are very receptive and they had a lot of questions about it because these kids hadn't really heard about animal agriculture um and climate change and they haven't really heard about veganism before and they would say well I got this one question from a kid and he said well how come I didn't know what's happening in slaughterhouses and why can't I see what's going on inside when I pass by them? And I told him the answer to that. I said, well, when you're going by these slaughterhouses, if it's something that is bad happening inside, of course, they're not going to want you to see it. But for example, for me, um, since I eat vegan meats, I have been inside of the Beyond Meat factory and I've seen inside and how it's processed. So that really shows like the difference. If they don't have anything to hide, they'll let you in and let you tour. Um, and he's like, wow, like I want to talk to my parents about being vegan. So that really showed me how kids are very receptive and they were from the ages of um eight through 10. So, um, and I've also spoken to teenagers and younger kids in that I've spoken at um, the humane, the humane society um, or the humane league. I think they have a summer camp that was called a critter camp. And I went there and I spoke to the youth there um, and they were around like the ages of like six to 13 um, and they were also very receptive. And then there was another time that I've spoken to kids um, at the African-American museum. And I was told that I was going to be speaking to a group of younger kids. I was like 12 at the time. Um, and it was like, they said like six through like 10 or 12. So I thought it was going to be younger kids. And then it was a group of like 15 to like 17 or 18 year old boys. And it was all boys. And I didn't expect that. And they were also very receptive. So that really shows me that youth are listening and that they do want to hear about this because after that, then there was a lot of questions that were asked to me about it. Um, and a lot of people saying like, wow, I never heard about this. I want to be plant-based now. So all of those experiences have really showed me that youth are listening and that they do want to be plant-based. And what's so funny is, or not funny, but interesting in a disturbing way, Greta Thunberg is vegan. And yet when they report on her, the mainstream media leaves that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a, a mainstream media news blackout on these issues. Uh, do you find that? Um sometimes I do but I whenever people contact me they kind of already know like what they're going to be getting um because I I was on CNN actually and I had a part um on yeah on CNN and I was able to spread my message and they knew like what they were getting themselves into already so there's not really anything but I have turned down like some like big shows before because they have said like oh well you can come on our show but you can come on as like a plant-based chef but you can't really like basically saying like you can't really talk about what your main focuses are and so I have turned down stuff like that but when people are going to feature me like they already know like I'm going to be talking about animal agriculture so that could also like leave me out of getting some um like media which I'm totally fine with because if they don't want to hear my message then they shouldn't be um like having my time or having me with an interview because there are people that will listen. We've got Nyla Farr in Dallas. Your question for Genesis Butler, Nyla Farr. Hello, Genesis. You are a tour de force. Um, we um, in Dallas, we're a small group of activists, and um, we we have um, outreach events um, in, in in places where there's a lot of foot traffic during the weekend. We show these uh, footages from factory farms, labs, the cruel transport and everything. And, you know, what has been happening during all the years that at least I've been involved, 99.99% of the adults, they just walk by, you know, they'll just, they'll, they'll, they'll glance and then they'll walk away. And it's these little kids that they want to stop and they're horrified. And then their parents put their blinders on them. They'll, they'll literally put their hands on their eyes. So, you know, so, so yes, we should yeah. be there. It's, it's a, a part of the work that I'm involved with. However, the efficacy 
is very low. So I was What is your question? You I'm sorry, I, Nyla Farr. We only have a couple of seconds, so I just want to get your question out there. Great points, though. Okay. Yes, the question is, how would you pivot? Um, I would like to hit the young kids just like you. Okay, good question. So you heard what she's doing, and the parents drag them away. We've all seen that. The kids, p- kids are born with compassion. Their parents often misguided but well-meaning will will encourage them to do things like hunting or it, a lot of kids don't want to eat meat and their parents force it on them even though for example processed meat is officially cancer causing that includes hot dogs and deli slices and all those things so what what should Nilofar do to get the kids mm-hmm. um i would say well with kids kind of like meeting them where they're at um and i know that a lot of kids like there's a lot of videos on the climate crisis now so um you can show those on and on animal agriculture and how that's linked um and actually vegan evan who was one that called he has a really good video on the climate crisis and it's very informative and i've actually showed that to kids and they really like that video because it's animated um and there's a voiceover. It's super cute. So I would show like a video like that. And also like if there are kids who like don't understand or aren't really receptive to that, you can kind of when you talk to them, if kids do stop, um, you can ask them like, oh, well, what made you stop? And then if they say like, oh, well, I'm interested about this. Or if you tell like talk to them about um, the animals and then see like their body language. And then if they're not really like into that, then you can switch and then talk about like the climate crisis and how being plant-based can help with that. Um, and then if they're like still not really receptive to that, then you could talk about the health aspect because um, I noticed that if you really meet kids where they're at, that makes them more receptive to it because then if they're interested to it, then they'll be more likely to want to go plant-based. Well, that's excellent advice. Nyla Farr, what one of my takeaways is have like maybe a kid's section where you have some animated videos and some videos that might appeal to kids. That way you kind of get them in the tent. Their parents won't be so defensive and you can start a dialogue. Uh, Really great advice. You know, the bottom line, as we wrap up this conversation and we were going to have your mom on who I love Janelle, but it's (laughs) like, I've never gotten this many callers. This is amazing. Um, It's your future, right? Uh, you're the one who's going to have to live and kids your age and younger are going to have to live in a climate apocalypse if we don't turn this around. What would you say if you could talk to adults just into the camera, what would your message be to adults right now? Mm -hmm. Um, My message would be to adults would be to continue if you are an activist to continue with raising awareness and getting your voice out there because it's very needed and adult support with youth is also very needed so to make sure that you support youth because I have gotten a lot of support from adults and that has really helped me continue with my activism so it's very important to support youth and to support all activists who are fighting for the animals or for the climate crisis, whatever you're based on, because it's very needed for the support right now. And just to continue going, because I know sometimes it can get hard being activist, but just know what you're doing is right and continue with it because it's very important to talk about this because some people like can't really not be an activist right now. Like they have to be an activist. So it's very important if you have like the privilege to say, well, I don't really want to continue being an activist. Or if you feel like your voice doesn't matter, just know that your voice does really matter and that it is needed. And what about for adults who are not activists, who are not acknowledging animal agriculture's role? Talk to them. Um, Well, for the adults that aren't acknowledging it, I would say it's very important because if you're not acknowledging it with the climate crisis right now, um, with my youth climate save, there's so many youth who are like they're feeling the effects of climate change every day. So if you as a person have the privilege to not care, it's very important to start caring because there's a lot of people who have to care and who have to use their voices to speak about this because they're being affected by it. So it's very important to start using your voice and doing whatever you can, whether that's researching or becoming an activist or getting your voice more out there, just whatever you can do, it's very important to start. I always am perplexed by people who have children and grandchildren 
um, being very resistant to this message while they're doing everything to provide financially and in other ways for their grandkids and their children, trying to lead them a better world in some ways. But if the world is too hot for us to enjoy life, right? Right now you hear um, stories about postal workers in the summertime collapsing because they've got to carry boxes around and it's so hot, they're literally falling down. I read this article recently uh, that the temperature is rising, extreme weather is becoming more common. Uh, There's rising sea levels, there's fires, there's drought, there's decertification, there's habitat destruction. Uh, We are creating, uh, unless we change, an almost unlivable planet and it could become an unlivable planet. How, why do you think that people who care so much about their grandkids and their kids and they're providing for them in other ways, just they, they, can't, they can't connect their behavior, what they eat three times a day, to what they're doing to their, the future of their children and grandchildren? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I've actually noticed this with like the older generation. They think, well, if they've been eating animal products for so long that like basically kind of that it's okay because like they're like well I've lived this long like I'm going I'm going to continue with it but um I do notice um like my grandma I talked to her about the climate crisis and animal agriculture and it's linked to it and that really made her stop eating animal products she doesn't eat them as often and my grandpa he used to eat meat products for breakfast lunch and dinner and now he barely ever eats it so um I noticed that people in the older generation do care once they realize about it, especially if they have grandkids, because she has so many grandkids and she's like, I want them to have um, a thriving planet to live on. So I noticed that there are some people from the older generation making these changes, but um, when they do, like they're like smaller changes, they're not like fully vegan. Um, and that's just what I have noticed. Maybe there's something different, but yeah, I, I know that they are being more receptive to it now. And you are my hero. What a fascinating hour long conversation. It went back like this. <laughs> I have so many other questions to ask you. You are so inspiring. You're so confident. You are a leader. Uh, and yet you're humble down to earth. I just think you've got it going on. Genesis Butler, thank you for spending the time with me. And I do think you need your own show on Unchained TV. I'm going to discuss it after this show with you and your mom. Thank you. Um, I just uh, am just really, really inspired. It, you know, sometimes we need to talk to somebody to give us hope and you give me hope for the future. So Genesis Butler, Marvel superhero, TEDx talker, all around fantastic voice for animals, people, and the planet. See you next time here on Voice America Radio. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week.